This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay and had a good weekend. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. On Monday, October the 3rd, coming up, you can hear from the Kent artist who's covered his entire house in doodles. It was win for Gillingham at the weekend. We've got reaction from the manager, plus find out about the new way you can keep up to date with everything you need to know in Kent. But first today, a couple whose baby son died after choking on food at a nursery are hoping to have a petition against reducing the staff-to-child ratio debated in Parliament as soon as possible. Zoe and Lewis Steeper from Ashford are campaigning against the proposed relaxation of rules after losing their little boy Oliver a year ago. They say only having one member of staff for every five children could be dangerous. Well, in the podcast on Friday, we told you how 100,000 people have now signed their petition online. That means it'll be considered for debate at Westminster. Zoe and Lewis have been speaking to our reporter, Jamie. We couldn't accept, you know, letting another set of parents do what we've been through, you know, in losing all of us. So we felt it was necessary to jump at the opportunity to to make change in memory of Oliver. Yeah, obviously it's worst case scenario what happened to us. Um, And as I say, the case is still ongoing, so we can't talk too much about that. However, um, you know, just at minimum, this is going to reduce the, um, I can't think of the word, sort of the enjoyment for childcare from the child's perspective and from the staff's perspective. And we didn't want potentially anything else to happen um, with with the children in their care, I guess. Mm-hmm. And just tell me a little bit about um, the proposals being put forward to the government, you know, those changes in the staff to child ratio and what that would mean. So the government are looking to move to the Scottish model um, which is uh, one adult to every five children for two years and over. Um, currently, the UK ratio is one to four. Um, obviously, if they go to one to five, the government somehow seems to think this is going to solve the current cost of living crisis. Whereas if you add another child into the mix with an adult, there's more consumables, there's more uh, food, there's more every, you know, everything. So the, the actual cost of the nursery outlay, insurance, you name it, goes up because there's extra risk involved. Um, and they, you know, they, they can't pass then, a, there's no saving to be passed on to to parents as such. So I don't see what benefit it brings at all, other than just adding the risk of, you know, endangering more children because like the, you know, another child in the mix between that each adult is less attention on the other four children that they're, you know, and it's, it, I can't understand why they would want to do it. I, I guess you're hoping for that debate on child safety happens as soon as possible. Yeah, um, we don't obviously know anything at the moment. And unfortunately, it is just a, to be considered for debate. Um, but I know that we are all help, hoping. Um, that given the current 
cost of living and bits and pieces like that and the fact that it has been in the news before we're really hoping that the government do take on board this um support and all of these voices that have objected to the change and that they do debate it and take it seriously because it's not just parents that have signed the petition it's early years providers it's early years practitioners it's all sorts of people that have signed it um so yeah we're really hoping that they take it on board and realize that we're not we're not going to stop you know no. it needs to be debated and it, it needs to be done very soon uh, a massive thanks to the early years alliance um for what they've done uh pregnant and screwed mm. um nursery world magazines everyone has got involved and it's just been phenomenal um we never imagined we would be this deep into something political in our lives but we want to make change um, we feel the change is right and we don't agree with the government almost forcibly putting children at risk when there's absolutely no need. Thank you so much to Zoe and Lewis for taking the time to chat to us. We will keep you updated on that petition and let you know if and when a debate happens in Parliament. Kent Online News. A man in his 30s has been taken to a London hospital after an e-scooter crash in Cranbrook. He suffered serious injuries on Hartley Road yesterday evening. It's not thought any other vehicles were involved. Meantime, a nursing home carer has been left with a broken hip after an e-scooter hit and run in Gillingham. Lee Finch was walking her dog when she was knocked down in Great Lines Park last Friday. She's now waiting for an operation. Her Jack Russell was also injured. The former Met Police officer from Kent who killed Sarah Everard has appeared at the Old Bailey to face more charges of indecent exposure. Wayne Cousins from Deal is already serving a whole life sentence. The 49-year-old is accused of committing several offences in the months and years before the murder. The case has been adjourned until next month. A homeless teenager from Folkestone has admitted attacking five police officers. Alicia Bone also pleaded guilty to assaulting a man in Ashford back in April. A court heard the 19-year-old, who lives on the Warren, was suffering mental health problems at the time and sentencing has been adjourned. The boss of a flip-flop shop at Ashford's designer outlet has been jailed after admitting stealing £12,000. Jonathan Kirby went AWOL after claiming to have COVID. But then bosses realised the cash hadn't been banked or put in the store safe. The 41-year-old from Shercoak Path in Woodchurch has been locked up for 18 months. Now, on the podcast last week, he had lots of reaction to the government's so-called mini-budget and concerns it wasn't actually going to help those struggling with the cost of living. One of the controversial measures announced by the Chancellor was to cut the 45p income tax rate, which applies to the top 1% of earners. But now, Kwasi Kwarteng has done a huge U-turn and said that won't happen. He and Prime Minister Liz Truss have been coming under increasing pressure just weeks into their new jobs. Well, let's get some analysis from our political editor, Paul Francis. Well, as political U-turns go, this has got to be up there with one of the most embarrassing and one of the most abrupt in recent times. Just hours after she was insisting in interviews that the government would not drop its controversial plan to give higher earners a tax break, her Chancellor stepped forward and announced that indeed the government was going to perform a U-turn and drop the policy from its growth plan. Now, this could hardly have been a more inauspicious start to the Tory party conference when Liz Truss might have thought she would be 
enjoying something of a political honeymoon, as leaders often do, instead of which she is fighting off accusations that she didn't listen to those warning about the way in which ordinary people dealing with the cost of living crisis might see this tax break. And there was also a suggestion that there was a simmering revolt amongst backbench MPs who were indicating that unless the plan was dropped, they would be voting against the government's mini-budget. Meantime, the leader of Kent County Council has defended plans for investment zones, despite concerns they'll only benefit developers. You might recall it was another initiative that was announced during that so-called mini-budget just over a week ago. Well, it would allow developers to bypass the normal planning process, therefore speeding up the building of new estates. It's feared that could damage the environment, but Roger Goff says they're waiting to hear the full details of the scheme before committing to it. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. Water companies that operate in parts of Kent have been told to return almost £80 million to customers. The regulator, Offwatt, says utility firms have been fined for missing targets on things like supply interruptions, pollution and sewer flooding. Well, Thames Water and Southern Water performed the worst and will have to take money off customers' bills next year. Several windows have been smashed at a theatre and council offices in Gravesend. The Woodville and Civic Centre was attacked by vandals over the weekend. Parts of the building have been taped off and you can see pictures of the damage by heading to Kent Online. This is by far one of our most read stories today. It's been revealed a Maidstone-based travel company will close at Christmas after 25 years. The boss of Thiessen Tours says the current financial situation and the impact of COVID is the reason why he's calling it a day. Since launching in 1997, they've visited more than 30 countries in three continents. Well, there's an awful lot of love, it would seem, for this company today. And we do wish the bosses all the very best for the future. As a new man in charge of policing Kent until a new chief constable is appointed, Tim Smith is taking over the job on a temporary basis after Alan Pusley retired last week. The Crime Commissioner is currently asking via an online survey what we think the new person in the role needs to prioritise. Plans to build homes on the site of a former driving range in Herne Bay have been given the go-ahead, but residents think putting 80 properties on land off Bullockstone Road is ridiculous and will put pressure on existing roads, schools and doctor's surgeries. The project is one of four earmarked for the area. Meantime, there are concerns about the future of Faversham Town Centre because a popular business there is closing for good. MB Food Hall has been there for nine years, but staff have confirmed it'll shut down at the end of this month. It's feared more shops could follow as the cost of living crisis leads to higher prices and a reduction in footfall. Kent Online reports. Now, if you did the school run this morning, like me, did you jump in the car and try and battle the traffic? I'm asking because parents and children across Kent are being encouraged this month to walk to school instead. The idea is to try and reduce the number of cars, improving safety and also cutting air pollution. Well, Mike Ward is the chief exec of the KM charity team and they're supporting Walk to School Month. There are so many benefits to walking to school. That 10, 15 minute walk in the morning, it's brilliant for children's mental health. It does get traffic on off the roads, the congestion around school gates, not to mention the dangers of that congestion around school gates. 
But it also, we have teachers telling us all the time that the children on walk to school days, because we run it throughout the year, um, on walk to school days are more invigorated, ready to learn, and, and because they've had that five minutes of exercise. So yeah, if this is a way where people or parents or carers or guardians or what have you can embrace it for this month, obviously what, what we want to see is habitual change. We don't want it to be just a month particularly with primary schools. Now, I am not vilifying parents for not walking their children to school at all, because I do completely understand there are times when it's just not possible. But the vast majority of children at primary school do live within walking distance. A um, little bit more difficult with secondaries, um, but uh, KM Charity Team that supports uh, Walk to School Month, um, we have a programme with uh, Medway Council, which is Hedgehog Hikers, and social network that we, that we actually run during this month as well in conjunction with Medway Council. But like I say, our Walk to School programme kind of tries to ease parents into it, but it runs all year. So they pick one day a week where they walk to school and they don't just need to walk. They Even if they drive, we get them to park a little bit further away and maybe walk 10 minutes or they can scoot or they can park and ride or get the bus and get off one or two stops earlier. So for us, it is about congestion. It is about emissions, et cetera, but it's also about the other benefits. And childhood obesity is one that I didn't mention. That's, that's another, it's such an easy way. And our program um, rewards children uh, that they collect stickers and they have inter-school prizes and inter-class prizes and they can win all. So it makes it exciting but it also introduces them to environmental issues as well. Sounds fantastic. And as you say there about um, children being alert when they get into school, I think we all Absolutely. know what it's like, don't we? If we've sat in a hot car and then get out of the hot car and try and do some work. If you've been in the fresh air, you do feel a lot more alert, don't you? Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and if they're all walking as well, it's, it's not only that, it's, it actually is a great benefit for the parents as well because they're not stuck in their car, they're meeting their neighbours, they're having a chat, the kids are interacting. There's just huge amounts of benefits to this. Um, and it's such a simple thing to do as well. Although, again, I'm going to go back and say, I do realise that sometimes you get up in the morning, you've got work to go to, and it's a chore. So we're, we're not saying you have to do this every day and you're a bad parent if you don't, because that's not what it's about. But I think if, if they can, I don't know, leave, leave 10, 15 minutes earlier or something, the parents will also get benefits out of doing this as well. If anyone wants some more advice about walk to school initiatives, what's the best thing for them to do? Where, where do they need to go? Uh, the best thing to do is to go to our website, which is kmcharityteam.co.uk. Um, all of our details are on there. Give us a call. Somebody will be more than happy to um, have a chat with you and set your school up. Uh, Businesses can also get involved. We, we, we are encouraging businesses to sponsor a school. Kent Online reports. It's claimed homeless figures have jumped by 80% in Maidstone amid the cost of living crisis. A councillor's predicting 180 people would need to be put into temporary accommodation. The increasing demand could cost the local authority an extra £700,000 in the current financial year. Meantime, a charity that helps hundreds of homeless people and vulnerable families in Medway is getting ready to open a new shop. Shop. Gillingham Street Angels are launching a furniture store in the old Argos building in Chatham later this month. They're also hoping to offer extra space to other groups to create a community hub. 
Not good news for drivers. Roadworks are expected to cause disruption around Maidstone for the next eight weeks. Changes are being made on the A229 around Parkway and Armstrong Road as part of the Lose Corridor scheme. It's hoped it'll help ease congestion on a key route in and out of the town. If that is your regular route, do head to Kent Online for full details. Now, summer might be over, but bosses at a lake in Kent are hoping luxury floating lodges will attract tourists from around the world. The pods are on stilts at St Andrew's Lake in Hawling, which used to be a chalk quarry before being transformed into a water sports venue. Within three years, management say there will be 12 lodges and 20 homes on land. They've already created a beach, fishing lodge and cafe. Several organisations in Kent are being given trees as part of the Queen's Green Canopy Project. Her late Majesty launched the initiative as part of her Platinum Jubilee and it was announced following her death that it's been extended. It's the start of tree planting season right now and plants will be given to Bradbourne Lakes in Seven Oaks, Canterbury Cathedral, Kent Scouts amongst others. Lewis Capaldi has made it three weeks at number one on the Kent Top 40 on our sister radio station KMFM. Elton John and Britney Spears kept their place at number two with Hold Me Closer. You can follow KMFM News on socials for details of the top ten. And finally today, Kent artist who's covered his home from coving to skirting in doodles says he hasn't stopped yet. Sam Cox, who's also known as Mr Doodle, has spent the past two years transforming the property in Tenterden into a living canvas. The 28-year-old used to go to Homewood School and is hoping to get doodling more widely recognised by the art world. He's been showing us around his incredible home and started off in the memories room. So it's got lots of uh, pictures of me as a child growing up, sort of things that I remember in particular. Um, This is when I was around my uh, grandma's house when I was younger and I was uh, colouring in but I photoshopped the picture to make it look like I did loads of doodles, which I actually hadn't. Um, but then this was a, a tunnel that I took over in uh, Great Eastern Street in Shoreditch in London, um, where I sort of drew all over the tunnel for four days and covered every surface. And really that was one of the first times that I knew that, like, a, you know, I'd really love to do that sort of thing to a whole house. Um, and this is me meeting uh, Mrs. Doodle, Elena, and uh, yeah, and then this is uh, world domination, which is the next step uh, after doodling the house. This is the splash room. Um, so the idea in here was that because I was creating a time lapse of the whole house and the process of it and everything like that, I ran into this room and threw a pen at the canvas, and then all these splashes appear all over the place. Um, and. Uh, each of the drawings doesn't really have a particular theme, it's just fun, happy doodles. Um, but I often look at this room and I feel like it looks like the splashes are further back and, and the white is forward, almost as if these are kind of portals to doodle land or something like that. This is the hallway as you come into the house and uh, the theme of this room is Noah's Ark mixed with Pac-Man because they're all chasing little coins and it's um, two of every animal and I kind of call it Noah's Arcade Game. Um, So it's like jellyfish and rhinoceroses and um, elephants and all sorts of things just chasing these little coins and it was a lot of fun thinking of all the different animals but it did take quite a long time because sometimes I couldn't think of a new animal um, and it was a bit of a struggle but yeah it was fun. And the stairway is um, heaven and hell, so the flat surfaces are all hell and the upright surfaces are all heaven and the doodles are all themed around those two things.
Spray painting the outside was uh, a bit of a challenge. We had to have scaffolding around the whole building and uh, I was up quite high late at night sometimes with big lamps so I could see everything. And uh, yeah, it was, it was fun though because using spray paint you get a much thicker line and it's uh, a different experience to using a thin sort of pen on the inside. You're more kind of free in a way when you're outside using spray paint. Um, and the drawings are slightly less neat, but um, I kind of like that in a way. And yeah, it was, a, it was a really good thing. That, that was probably my most exciting part of the project was when I started to see the drawings on the outside of the house because that was something I'd really been imagining for a long time. Looking at the house um, from a distance and sort of standing by the gate and seeing the front of it all done and uh, all the um, sides and everything like that finished, it's just a yeah, really sort of satisfying feeling. It makes me feel proud and happy. Well, you can see pictures and video of the house and we'd love to know what you think by leaving a comment at Kent Online. Kent Online Sport. Football and it's been a long wait, hasn't it, Gillingham fans? But they managed to get another win in League Two at the weekend, just their second of the season so far. They beat Sutton United 1-0 at Priestfield, thanks to a header from Alex McDonald well into stoppage time. Earlier on in the match, the Jills had had several goals disallowed with reaction to that and the win. Here's manager Neil Harris. I don't know if I've been involved in a game where I've had three disallowed goals in the first half, or a second half, to be honest. So... Um, that we was, get, we was getting in the right positions, that's for sure. Um, you know, the fact we have three goals disallowed, you, you, you're creating chances by hook or crook, you're creating chances. So, you know, I thought it was better today all round. I thought we'd be, well, in fair, like, to credit my players, because they've worked hard on the training pitch. We always work hard on the training pitch, and, and I have to make sure I don't work them too hard, they'll get a balance. But um, a lot of learning this week, um, play against the Sun side. Uh, like really, really good at what they do. Really good around restarts and second balls and you know, the way they play and they can play. But people forget they can play a bit as well. And, and um, the players stood up to it today, which we didn't do for 45 minutes against Mansfield. Um, so we've learned from the Mansfield game for sure. We stood up to the the, the, the threat, the attacking play today, the aerial threat. Um, and I, just, I did feel that we had a moment in this. I did because I'd seen it in the first half. And, and the only time we didn't look a threat really is when we lacked composure. Um, and that comes back to confidence and belief and, and that, that, that waned a little bit at the end of the first half we came out second half and cut the boys put the foot on the ball and we made a few passes and I think you know that, that, that galvanised everybody and, and, and I thought you know we saw Priestfield today we saw the, the fans you know get behind the boys and you know strong strong performance when you play in the right areas in this division and you've got someone like Scott Cashcut who's willing to press everything and cause mayhem in the opposition's back line and goal, goalkeepers uh, with a ball at his feet, then the fans appreciate that and get behind it. And, and we just played in the right areas today. We, we just done the basics correctly, um, what any genuine side should do. We did it correctly and and we came out on the, the, the right side of a tight game for a change. I'm delighted for the football club. And I've got to be honest, we, we've let 11 goals in 11 games. You know, that would be off the back of results, I'm sure that puts in defensively in the top 10 in the mm -hmm. division. Um, we just haven't scored enough goals. So even to get one, but to be so important to be the winning one to get us the three points, then you know it's really key. Look, we, we were better today, and look, I'm not going to make promises I can't keep. I've done that since I've been here. I say we're going to get better and win game after game. But look, it takes time, and, and you know you see even today they named six ups with Joker Bowd as well. We, we're really light, and Jordan Green's come off. We're, we're really really light as a football club, but the lads found a way today um, to stick at it and be creative, and we could have got in front just before. And um, I'm just just really pleased for for the fans that have stuck with us. Um, you know that point at Hartlepool. And those 250 fans travelled and got behind us when, when Hardepool comes strong second half and we, we had to dig in and get the point. That makes it even more important today 
on the back of game three here. Well, the result means the Jules move up to 18th in the Division 2 table and they're now four points from the relegation zone. They're also back in action tomorrow, this time in the EFL Trophy. They welcome Brighton and Hove Albion's under-21s. And finally today, there's a new way to get updated on the issues in Kent that you need to know about. Ed McConnell joins me now. Ed, can you tell us all about the briefing? The briefing is a weekday morning newsletter um, we run a news alert service, so subscribers of that will immediately get the briefing. It's in place of what used to be the morning news alert. Um, so they'll get a relaunched afternoon news alert too. But the briefing is a slightly more in-depth look at the topics affecting Kent. Uh, it's an overview of the biggest headlines in the county and some from further afield, which directly affect our readers. So, for example, we launched it this morning. Uh, as we were doing so, the news broke about Kwasi Kwarteng's 45p tax rate U-turn. Obviously, that's a huge story. Uh, will continue to be for well, probably quite a few more weeks, if not longer. Um, so we've done a little bit on that. Um, we also then deep dive into one particular topic. So this morning, my colleague Chris Britches had a look at vaping in the county, especially the trend of young people um, buying disposable vapes instead of a packet of cigarettes. Um, in many cases, even if they've never smoked before. Uh, so he's had a look at that. He's spoken to some experts to see if vaping is a good or a bad thing or a little bit of both. Um, so that makes up the, there'll be one uh, in-depth topic each day and that's that this morning. Uh, we do a bit of sport and what's on, which is entertainment news in there as well. And each day will end on a nice light story because the news can be a bit doom and gloom sometimes, even for people like me who write it. So this morning we had a lovely story about some alpacas, um, which you can order to your wedding if you're getting married. Um, and that's essentially it. It's a nice overview of the news in Kent each morning, uh, delivered to you at 8.30. If you want to sign up, head over to kentonline.co.uk. There's a button that says news alerts, be under the top story, I believe, and just enter your email address um, and yeah, you'll get them Monday to Friday. Ed, thank you ever so much for that. That's all from us for today. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. And don't forget, you can, of course, get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. To do that, you need to subscribe. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. We'll be back with the podcast tomorrow. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.